Good day, folks. This is Jay from JTalk. And, of course, we have our wonderful co-host, Mr. Sensitive, Nick from the Nick Drive. <laughs> I'm going to double that one up with a couple of sound effects. Lord Mr. Sensitive. Exactly Don't right. Don't hurt my feelings. I kick some ass. Uh, whatever. <laughs> That's How you doing, fun. brother? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. That's good. Doing excellent. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, things are going good. So we're going to dive right back into last show? Yes, we are. Okay. Unrealistic expectations. We so. have lots of them. Yeah, exactly. So, of course, if you, if you haven't listened to the last show, go, go listen to the last show. We're just going to pick up where we left off, dive right in. We're not even going to mess around. So let's, right. let's uh, do it. Yeah. It's, I think, is it your turn or my turn? I don't know. I think it's my turn. Okay, we'll go for you. Gonna, uh, out of the 12 that I started with, I think we only got through four in an hour. Okay. Because it's good conversation. No, so, it is. It is. So yeah. It's really interesting how we do what we do. And, you know, when you said Mr. Sensitive, it's funny how people get their feelings hurt really easy because of miscommunication. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. You know, so you might say something or somebody might say something to you and the way you received it is so much different than the way they portrayed it. So is that an unrealistic well, expectation to expect everyone to understand exactly the way you said it and, and to understand well, it would, the way you conveyed it? That's exactly right. If you expect that and they under, they didn't understand it and all of a sudden they got their feelings hurt or said something to you like, what do you mean? This is what I said. Right. You know, yeah, but when you meant was, or you said, you know, what I heard you say, because I've done that to people too. Right. You know, I've done that relationships too, where I'm like, that's not what I, you know, and I've learned over the years to say, that's not what I heard that you said. Yes. What I heard you say was, and then I would, you know, explain it that way. Right. And that's totally different than what they actually said, right. you know? So you, that takes on a whole different meaning. And it's really sad that we don't know how to communicate those things. You know, you go up and you go, what, you know, I go say, hey, you know, pull aside or whatever. Hey, what you said earlier really hurt my feelings. And they immediately get defensive or they don't. And they go, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, this is what you said. This is how I heard it, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, that is an unrealistic expectation. We should be able to go, hey, did you really mean what you said? Because this is the way I took it. Right. And they go, oh, no, this is why I said, and this was my, what I was thinking at the time. Right. So, and that would clear up everything. So, oh, I read that wrong. I apologize. Right. You know. Yeah. Unrealistic so, expectation is for everybody to understand you all the time. It ain't yeah. going to happen. Let's be honest. It's not going to happen, especially against men or women or women or, or spouses, whether it's, you know. Right. Doesn't, have to, doesn't even have to be gender specific because right. we all think differently. Yes. So yeah. We were all raised differently. We all think differently. We all so have to have it different love languages. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay, number five, since I left off with four, you expect your partner to spend all their free time with you. Oh, now this is a now good see, one. Yeah, because 
I do think that's an unrealistic expectation. Let me tell you why. Everybody wants some private time. Right. I mean, and I'm not talking about, okay, get away from me for a week or a month. I'm not talking about that. I'm like, could have been a rough day at work. You come home. I love the old scenario of uh, communicating as, okay, you get 30 minutes to talk about work, whether it's good or bad. Right. I get 30 minutes, then we're done. You know, if there's really something that needs to be discussed that furthers that 30 minutes, it's up, you know, right. but on a normal basis, let's average it out at, you know, 30 minutes each, and then we're done so that we can get on with whatever. And we had a chance to vent if it was a bad day. Well, there are times when you go, you know what? I just need, I want some peace and quiet. You know, I just want to veg out, watch my own show, or I want to, you know, surf the internet or something like that. So I think every single minute of your time is is unrealistic i would agree with that you know you already are if you're living with somebody you already are spending 90 percent of your off work time with that person or maybe even more than that so i i got a really interesting scenario for you and you tell me what you think okay do you think these people that spend, you know, there are a lot of people who overwork. You know, they work right. 60, 70 hours a week. Do you think they do that because after hours work is their getaway? Maybe. It could be. It could absolutely be. I'm, I'm going to tell you. Know, if, they're, if their home life, if they haven't gotten communication from their spouse and their home life is not very smooth and comfortable, I mean, if you're in a relationship or you're married or, or whatever, right. and you dread going home, right. then you need to buck up and figure out why do you dread going home? Right. Nobody's fault but your own. Why do you dread it? Right. So I'm just, instead of dreading going home, I'm just going to go home, make my hugs and kisses, eat dinner, do whatever I have to, clean the kitchen, and then I'm going to go to work. You know, and there are just people that are workaholics. Well, there are people that have anything to do with that. But see, I do know people. uh, I've had someone tell me that the reason they stay at work all the time is because they don't want to go home. Yeah. Because, you know, they'll get yelled at or because of whatever, you know, they don't have peace at home. Right. And see, it's just as much their fault as it is their spouse's fault. Well, I don't disagree with you. They're not communicating, you know, they have, if it's a husband and he, all he wants to do is work, he has made his wife so miserable because she's not getting her love cup filled. And then he thinks, well, she's not filling my love cup, so who starts first? And then they start down that path. Right. And then, yeah, they're miserable, you know. Right. They're miserable. Well, going, I mean, it, could be the, it could be the other way around is, is you know, he, she's not filling his love cup or she's yelling at him for something. And so it starts off with like, oh, you know, this week I just I don't have time for this. I'm just not mentally... You know, I don't, I don't want to put up with this. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stay right. late week this week. You know, yeah. And then, you know, she's like, well, you know, you worked so hard last week. You know, why can't you? And it's like, you know, then it's like, 
it was so much more peaceful if I stayed at work. And then it becomes, why don't I go ahead and, you know, and it's like, it it becomes a trend and then becomes, you know, and so it doesn't make the situation better. I'm just saying that it does happen. People are looking for peace. And if they can't find it at home, a lot of people will find it at work. Right. You know, or just dig into work. The guys that we talked about last week, the guys who go to the bar at happy hour. Yep. You know, that's where they find their peace. Now, I disagree. That's not what, that's not how you should be finding peace. You need to address the problem. Right. You know, you sit down and go, okay, our, neither one of our love cups are getting full. Right. We need to readdress the problem. We both need to work on it. That's the hardest thing that I've ever had in my life is if I tried to sit down to have those discussions, right? I just, I, I got met with negativity and feedback. Or yelled at. I'm not saying all the time, but I'm saying right. there were times where, you know, right. I was married for how many years? And when I would sit down and go, hey, I'm starting to have a little bit of an issue here. I would like to sit down and talk to you about it and see if we can come to a mutual agreement. Right. Well, two hard-headed control freaks are never going to come to a mutual agreement. <laughs> You know, it's amazing that I was married as long as I was, but I would come into the situation and say, these are the feelings that I'm having. These are solutions to the problem. Let's work it out and come to the middle. Never. Never did. I know. He's an empathetic control freak, folks. He said it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just messing with you, dude. No, no, no. But you you know, you make a valid point, though. You You really do. Both people have to sit down, whether they're control freaks or not, both people do have to sit down and talk. And you have to release some of that control or you have to make compromises if you want it to work. If one person is making compromises and the other person is not, it's never going to work. Well, I would always come in those situations with... The the problem and the solution always come with a solution, right? Right. It doesn't have to be that final. This is I. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. I got my feelings hurt, or I didn't like this. This is what we're going to do to fix it. That's not the way I came into it. I came into it as, and she's like, "Oh, you're just trying to control me because you're coming in here saying that you got your feelings hurt and you want it done this way." No, not what I'm saying. Meet me halfway. Let's come up with a, you know. Right. Then it ended up being 80-20 or 90-10. Right. You know, and then that's like, that's not meeting me halfway. And then I become a snarky turd. And, you know, it, well, then it just rolls out into a fight. And, yeah. Right. I don't. Yeah. No different than I the boss. Know. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm making the joke there because, you know, if you think about it. One of the things we're taught in, in a work life at, at a job is, is look, if, if you're going to complain, at least bring a solution. Yeah. We're not saying it's the perfect solution, but bring or a the so- right one for or the matter. right one, yeah. but bring us something, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it's funny because as, as old school work ethic, whatever mentality, that is our nature. Even in relationships, if something isn't working, we may complain about it, but we're also there to say, okay, 
Here's a solution I thought of. I'm not saying it's the right one. I'm not saying it's the one we go with. But I'm looking. And I think that is the key point. If you complain, but you don't come up with a solution, you're not trying. The person right. who you're brings the solution, right. they're at least trying to make it work. They're trying to find a compromise. They're trying to give an idea of how to move forward. Yes. And find peace. And that's hard to do for some I, people. It, very, very hard to do. It was very hard to do in my marriage. We never, I, I can't ever remember us resolving any issue. Right. We fought about it. We got tired of fighting. We, my favorite phrase is slinging mud. Cause at this point we're just bringing up the past. Right. And you did this and you did that, you know, and it, we never solved anything. We yelled and screamed and hollered, ran into rave. We kicked the kids out of the house and, and do it. Right. But we never finalized and came to a mutual agreement on anything ever. So how quiet do you think this world would be if people had to shut up if they never had a solution? Wow. Yeah, everybody would be mute. Well, I don't think everybody, because there are quite a few people who no. like to, who, who want to work things well, out. I mean, these people that want to work things out, they might come off as controlling to their significant other. Oh, I know. Uh, like, well, you're just trying to bait me. You're just trying to make me do, you're just trying to, you know. Right. And it's like, no, I want to come to a mutual agreement so that we're not fighting. I don't want to fight. I just, I absolutely do not want to fight. If we can't solve a problem, we need to walk away, take a deep breath so we never get to the point of yelling, screaming, and hollering. I'm too old for that shit now. Yeah, I, I really, really am. I don't want to do it. Yeah. You know? I know. It's sort of like, you it's, know, you, you keep making comments to me about not dating. And the funny thing is, is I've found my peace. Now, it doesn't mean I'm always right? happy, but I've found my peace. And if right. you want to join that peace and be a part of it, that's fine. Moan in. Right. But if you're just trying to interrupt my peace and cause drama, okay, now I've got a problem. Right. You know, and so I, I think that's the best way to put it. It's it's finding peace. So Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Unrealistic expectation. Goodness. All okay. right, your turn. Okay. He's supposed to be both masculine and sensitive. Now, see, that's it's too broad. I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation. Okay. But there are a lot of men out there that were raised old school men, and they're really drawn on their masculinity. You could see it on TikTok 100,000 million times. You know, they go, who does a man talk to when he has problems or he's upset or he's afraid or he's scared? Nobody. I don't have nobody to talk to. I don't talk to my best friends. I don't talk. I don't. Nobody. Right. Nobody cares. You know, that kind of thing. Right. And that's old school. But nowadays, men are starting to show more emotion. Yes. You know, it's nothing for a guy to watch a love story and shed a tear. Yes. You know, it's a lot more 
easier to accept in this day and age. Right. So I got two thoughts on this one. Okay, it's really okay. interesting. Uh, I'm going to be a little controversial on this one. Um, Not you. No, I would never do that. Never. One is, is women always say they want the manly man. Right. Okay, okay. They do want a guy who can be sensitive with them, okay? But sometimes when they're sensitive with them, then they're like, it's a turn off. It's weak. It's weak. They're turned off by it, okay? So they they then push him away, okay? Yeah. And, And so that's number one. If they do stay, not all women, but a lot of women... If they do stay, they will take those sensitive no moments and use it against him in a future fight or in a oh. future. You know what I'm talking about. I, I saw your been, face. Been you there, know, done that, man. Been there, done that. <laughs> but you know, that's both sides. Absolutely, been there. It's it's yeah. both sides. You know, it, I, I'm not saying men do it as much, but men do it too. Too. I mean. You know, men will. So, hold what it if over. you're with? What if it's a guy with a female who has her masculine side and her feminine side? Okay. Because there are women that have a masculine side. I know. I used to work with one. Yeah. Okay. So, does did that woman come off as controlling at all? So it, it's funny because this is a really hilarious thing. I, I got to tell you this just to kind of give you a, a baseline. Um. Uh, old friend of mine used to work with her previous job okay right she was the epitome of kind of you know uh, alpha female in the workplace okay very much you know very much drove the guys this is what you need to do get it done you know whatever you know, would would smoke out with the guys, go do, could do everything the guys could do. I mean, very, very much, you know, and so it was really kind of crazy, but it was really right. funny. Right. The second that she left work, she flipped a switch and she was very subservient to her husband. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? That's a good thing I don't. It's a good thing I don't know her because that's the kind of woman I'm looking for. <laughs> I know, right? Because here's the whole thing. She didn't put up with crap from any man when she was at work. Right. She didn't. She, she was assertive, demanding, maybe not controlling, but, but demanding. assertive, yeah, ex- demanding, yeah. get the job done. Yes. I'm here to lead you. This is how I do it. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, and then she turns around and she's at home and she's like, I got to cook dinner and I got to do this. And she admitted it. Yeah, she admitted it. She's like, I'm completely subservient when I get home. And that's the way she wanted to be. And see, that's very rare. And I'm not saying about it. I'm talking about male men, too. Right. You know, they go to work. They're managers. They have to work with a big crew. They have to put their shit together, maybe take control, demanding, assertive, get it done, and then they should flip that switch to go home and be subservient to their wife. I know one of those, too. Yeah. I do. I really do. I know one of those, too. See, and that's, that's, it's nice to have 
even know that. Right. You know? Right. I, I no. can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody like that. Oh, uh, yeah. So I know a male and a female that is like that. Uh, my brother and, and sister-in-law. Right. They both, they do it. They have to do it some way. I don't see it, but she has control of certain aspects of their relationship and he has certain, you know, and they share that responsibility. So the way they do it works phenomenal for them. Right. They probably have defined boundaries on who controls what. Yes. And that's smart. No, that's really, it's really great. It's like when it comes to this, I'm going to be subservient. You're lead. But when it comes to this, I lead. And and you've got to be subservient. And as long as they have a great understanding and that works, yeah, I, I love that. You know? So. Yeah. And look, and how about my sister and her significant other? They work, eat, sleep, home, work, everything together. together. Right. Yeah. Well, they found their piece together. And they pull it off. Mag- yes. They pull it off magnificently. Yes. And those two are unbelievably happy all the time. Right. Found their piece together. And that's kind of, it's an unrealistic expectation for, I would say, 99% of the population to be able to want to be together all the time. Right. But if you found your piece together, it's not, it's not that hard. It's you're right. It's not, but, but it's, what is the percentage of people that can pull that off? Exactly. You know what I mean, that that's the challenge. You could say you found your soulmate, but do you need a break from your soulmate every now and then, or you know, can right. you be around them twenty four seven, three sixty five? Yeah, exactly. Okay, your turn. I can't even stand myself twenty four seven. Whatever. I look in the mirror and go, "Damn, I've seen enough of you today." Oh, whatever. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. All right, number six. You expect your partner to apologize first. Okay. So this I'm going to let you run oh, with this first. This one is one that really eats out. Yeah, I'm going to use the Paul statement. This is a triggering one. Okay? Yes. Because, in my opinion, it's unrealistic to expect that your partner apologize first period okay amen okay it is not unrealistic to expect your partner to apologize at all that's the difference okay if for instance the wife or you know, whatever, if she's girlfriend, whatever, does something wrong, but she never apologizes for doing something wrong, there's a problem. Okay? I wholeheartedly agree. Okay, so, you know, if you both do something wrong and you both start slinging mud, okay, it is fine for you to apologize first. But if she doesn't apologize, there's an issue. Because here's the whole thing. You're trying to move forward, and if they're not willing to apologize, that means they're not trying to move forward. And so that's my, my, my big thing on that is, is 
I don't care who goes first, but it's okay to expect if if you got in a slinging mud argument, it is okay to expect an apology. Yes. And, and both parties should apologize. If you don't, that means you're not looking to move forward in your relationship. Well, here, let me throw a caveat in that. Okay. Let's say my significant other did something, and in her mind, she was being nice about it, and I took it as snarky and rude. Okay. So I go, hey, what you said was a little snarky, you know, or I I felt disrespected about that. Right. And they go, well, the reason I said it was such and such. And I'm like, well, you know, I'd, I'd really like for an apology about that. Well, I'm not going to apologize. I didn't do anything wrong. Okay. You see how that comes in? Because I took it wrong, or maybe she really was, but she didn't think she was. Right. And so she's, I'm not going to apologize. I know people on this planet that will apologize for everything as long as it doesn't associate with them. They'll well, uh, apologize for, I'm so sorry the dog got it in the trash. I'm so sorry the kid crayoned on the... I'm so sorry this. I'm so sorry that. No, 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 no. The but best if way they here. do anything, go ahead. If, I, if, if your spouse colored on the walls, right. she'd go, oh, well, that, I was just in the mood. Right. Not apology, but I, no. I just did it because I did it. No, no, no. I'm no. not going to apologize. The best apology. Like here you go. I got one for you. Okay. I'm sorry that you misunderstood what I said. That's an apology, though. Well, can it be? Oh, it isn't. You said the word, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, s- or I apologize. But they're that, placing the blame it. back on you. They're saying, I'm sorry, you misunderstood what I said. They're well, that's not- how narcissists do it. But yes, <laughs> they still apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I, yeah. see, that's I mean, where I'm saying. It, this is pushing the blame away from themselves. It's a right. roundabout way of, you know, not really placing the blame. They're saying that they're essentially saying sorry for you, not sorry for them. They're saying sorry for, you know, it's, it's they're putting the words in your mouth. They're saying right. you should be saying sorry because I, you misunderstood what I said. Right. No, well, what the? Okay, now explain it. <laughs> I know. You know. <laughs> yeah, really? How did you mean it? Yeah. So, yeah, I know. That's what. That's why we want things in an email at work. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Just say it. You know. <laughs> right. But you know, I mean, it, that's that's my big thing is is unrealistic expectation for someone else to say it first. I agree, but it's not unrealistic. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That one's that one's a really that one that one triggers me. triggers me. Okay, this is hilarious. This is more of a joke. Not a joke, but it's more of a a fun, okay? Okay. (laughs) Because this is my house, 100%, folks. Oh, no. Yeah. Expecting his place to have a lot of feminine touches. Why is that your place? Because my place is completely a man cave inside and out. But you're, it, nothing but men live there. Well, exactly. 
expecting so. unrealistic is to expect him to have feminine touches in a bachelor pad. That's the that's yes. what they're mm-hmm. saying. That's a, right. Yeah. And see, and that that does make sense. I mean, in my apartment, it's all man. Right. I mean, e- even half man because you know I. I, there's t- there are places I could have put stuff hanging on the walls and all that, and I didn't do it. You know, right? right. But I've been living here two two and a half years, and I finally got something on the wall behind me. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, I I I, I get that. Be- I would want feminine touches in my house, even if it was a bachelor pad. Okay. Of course, now I want to go all out, like have a floral bed cover. Oh no, that's no. too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, I would ha- I would have some color in my house, like grays, blues, some greens. You know, I have color in my house too. Yeah, you do. Yeah, um, you do. Swords and no sky. That's not color. <laughs> They're silver. But your sword handles are different colors. Yeah, they have my sword handles yeah, yeah, are yeah. There, yeah. And yeah. I do have paintings <laughs> and you know art. You know, just because it's wizards and wolves and stuff like that. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of soft stuff in your house. No, there's not a lot of soft stuff in my house. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know. Right. If you ever had somebody move in, I'm sure she would want to go, you need to meet me halfway on a few things. If she's smart, she'll go. You keep your swords, you keep, but we need to do a little bit more. We need to tone it down a little bit. Right. And I'm sure you would go, not a problem. Yeah. You have the garage and the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think Did we I already had this loud? discussion, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had this discussion before, I think. What was it? If I ever moved in with the woman, she would have to share, you know, the living room. You know, right. and and I don't care. Uh, that's, you know, I think I've said it before. I probably will be single the rest of my life because I just, you know, it, I have things in my life that I am putting up in the living room. It's just the way it is. So, right. you know. It, I, said that when, I said that one time when I was talking to a, a girlfriend and I said, I, I need to have a man cave. And she's like, why do you get it? I said, well, the rest of the house is yours. She goes, no, it's not. The rest of the house is shared. I need a she shed. I'm like, that's when you and I joked about, well, the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the kitchen is, is a she shed. Oh, my my God. God. Yeah, Yeah, I'll get some hate for that one. That's a doghouse moment right there. Yeah, I know. I'd have been sleeping in the truck that night. Yeah, that's a hate moment already. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, Because if she came to me and did the same thing, I'd be like, uh. Go sleep in your car. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I need a she shed (laughs) and the man cave is the kitchen. I'd be like, what? (laughs) See, and you know, I'd have to say. That to me would be a joke. You know what I mean? That would be a joke. But, you know, for me, that one wouldn't be that big a deal because I'd be Mm. like, oh, okay. That means I could put all my favorite drinks in the fridge, all my favorite snacks. You know, I'm going to be cooking whatever I want. I don't have to, you know, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. You know, so, you know, uh, black utensils. That's that's what I'm going to go with. Black utensils. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. What? I actually. No. I, I actually, there's nothing wrong with that. No. I met a girl one time, oh. went to her house, 
And I'm not lying. She pulled a fork out of your tinsel tray, and it was pure black. Right. And I was like, ooh, these are actually really cool looking. I actually yeah, want a are. set. So I'm just saying. it's, But it's funny because most people are like, well, it's not all pretty, and it's not all, you know, whatever. And, you know, dude, what, the, what do I care that's about? It's the eyes of the beholder thing. Exactly. You right? don't think it's pretty, and that's fine. Somebody else does. Exactly. Obviously, they're making them and selling them, so obviously somebody appreciates and you know, that kind of art or, you know, whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, All right, number so, seven. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Feminine touches. Or do you have something else to say on that? No, I just think it's funny because okay. yeah, my, everybody always, cause like my formal dining room is not a formal dining room. You know, it's never been a formal dining room. It started off as a game room and then it converted into a workout room. And now it's a podcast studio room. Oh yeah. All right. You know? And so it's, funny because you walk into my house and it's not the standard you know whatever you would like to see in a normal house so well normal houses that they build in the last five years don't even have a formal dining room really because nobody has them oh, yeah okay like the breakfast where your breakfast table is right right off the kitchen yeah bleeds right into the dining room living room which is all one room okay so I even actually saw a house today, which blew my mind. It was so funny because they set up this room as a formal dining room and it had a fireplace in it. Oh. And I'm like, that's oh. where you need to be watching TV and have a couch and lounge chairs. That should be your lounge area, not your dinner area. Well, but see now. And the other room. Where, Go ahead. Well, the other room where they had the TV and, the, and all that was just a plain old room. But the fireplace is in the dining room. That's very that, strange. That is I strange. would flip that whole scenario right. if I bought that house. Right. You know what I mean? See, now my sister had a house at one time, though, where the fireplace was double-sided and you could see through it. One side yeah, was oh, yeah. in, in the living room and one side was in the dining room, formal dining room. Right. So that was kind of cool. Work. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. So That's what I first thought you were going with, but yeah, no, 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 no. So. No, this was like it was in the front of the house, right off the kitchen. Right. And the living room was through the kitchen on the other side. It was really. That's kind of awesome. I agree with you. Okay, yeah. so anyway, go on. Your next one. Number seven. This is going to be a good controversial one. Oh, Lord. I think. Okay. You expect them to have no friends of the gender they're attracted to. Ooh, we talked about this last week. That we did, but let's define that. Can, I, can you have a friend as the opposite sex? Absolutely you can, in my opinion. Yes. What is your definition of friend? Well. Are you going to Taco Tuesday with, am I going to Taco Tuesday with a girlfriend, with a girl that's a friend and hanging out, drinking and partying no. and doing all that, going back over to her house and sitting on the patio and drinking a few beers? No. Absolutely, 100%. That is a no-go with me. Either way, I wouldn't do it. I don't expect my significant other to do it. Right. Okay, so here, let, let's just put some, some clarity around this. Yeah, yes. we need to, because I... Yeah, I know. Yes, you can have friends of the opposite sex. And if you expect your significant other not to have friends of the opposite sex, then you are... 
in basically you're self-conscious and you're unsecure. Okay. 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 Right. Yes. Definitely. In that scenario. Within reason and boundaries. And that is the kicker, in my opinion, because there are a lot of people who don't respect boundaries. And so as long as, you know, it's sort of like we, I use the example of, you know, Wendy, your sister-in-law, you know, right. you can be friends with her all day long. Right. Okay. Even, yes, she's family, but you know, it, it, okay. If, if I was dating someone, you could be friends with my significant other. Right. And, and you would never do anything to mess that up. There's boundaries there that would define, I'm never going to go eat dinner with Jay's girlfriend, just me and her. Right. Because that's a no, that, yeah, that's, that's, the, a no -no. that's the unrealistic expectation. Exactly. So, but yes. Here, let me see if I can define what I would call. Uh, opposite or the sex that I'm attracted to as being an extremely close friend. Okay. Okay. I like to bounce my ideas, relationship situations, and get a woman's perspective. Yes. And there's nothing okay? wrong with that. Yeah. I want your side of that. Other than talking to my sister and my mom and, you know, my sister in law and family. Right. One of my best and only female friends is my coworker Tina who has been on this podcast. Right. Okay? Right. Tina and I talk every day. Right. She's got relationship stuff going on. I talk to her about my relationship stuff going on and she gives me the female side of an opinion whether I'm right or wrong or indifferent and I tell her the male side. Right. You will never catch Tina and I out at a bar going to dinner, me going over to her house, she coming over to mine. After work, we're done. Now, if I was in trouble and I couldn't get anybody on the phone, I'd call Tina, she'd come running. Right. And vice versa. If she called me in the middle of the night saying, hey, my and she's done it. My kid got in a car wreck. I don't know what to do. I said, take a breath. Where are you? I'm on my way. Right. Now, I was dating somebody at the time, and that person jumped in the truck with me and off we went. Right. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. You know, and there were other times that she had called me in the middle of the night, you know, because her kids went through a little bit of stuff. Right. And I wasn't dating anybody, and I jumped up in the truck and went there. Of course, her kids were there. Right. You know, so it wasn't like her and I were just hanging out, right. you know, getting drunk or doing whatever. Right. That's what I call a friend. Right. You can have a friend of the gender you're attracted to as long as you have those kinds of boundaries. Yes. But a lot of people don't respect boundaries and that's where, no, that's where your people get in trouble. Yep. You know, but let's just be honest. That's exactly why people get in trouble. It's all about yep. the boundaries and respect integrity. Well, you'll have friends that are like that and they can expect those boundaries. And then all of a sudden one of you gets in a breakup and that's the person you go to. Yes. And then you're talking about the breakup or both of you are going through some drama in a relationship. You have a few drinks. Next thing you know, boom. Yeah. You're waking up the next morning in bed naked. You know, that's a whole different scenario, right? But if you're just fighting with your friend, you don't go to her or him. 
right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't do that. Yeah. No, do it, that. And see, that's that goes back to putting yourself in a place that could, you know, what what is it? Um, you know, don't gamble on things. You know, I guess that's the best way to, you know, you're putting yourself in a situation where something, if you are going out with a woman, even if you are trying to unload and talk, if you go out with a woman and you're both drinking, you're putting yourself in a, in a place where you don't know what will happen. You're emotional well, it, and yeah. Go it's ahead. interesting how people will go, well, I was married for so long and I had an affair. You had to have put yourself in a position yes. to have an affair. Right. You didn't just so, have an affair. You planned an affair. He, he didn't <laughs> slip and fall and it felt, you know. Yeah, exactly. There was a, there was a, oh, it was, it just happened out of nowhere. No, there was a plan. Yeah. You had to have met this person in a situation where nobody else was around. Yeah. So. I know. It, you know, I, know. I, I kind of got off the rails on that, but I do. I don't think you should have friends of the gender you're attracted to and hanging out with them at night. If you're in a situation ship, you can do whatever you want. But if in you, a full-blown relationship, monogamous relationship, absolutely not. Right. Exactly. I would never, never call up Tina if I was married and go hang out with her and say, hey, let's go get drunk. Right. Not unless my spouse was with me. Even if we're fighting, I would never do that. Right. Exactly. I've had it done to me, and I don't like it. Exactly. So why would you know? Why would you do that to somebody else? You don't want them to feel like yeah. you felt. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. This one's gonna trigger you. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> He's not for me. If he doesn't want to do everything I do. Oh. Okay. This is going to be a quick one. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> I told so you it was going to trigger you. <laughs> it's so funny because the next one that I have is along that same line. Okay. Okay. But are Let's you kidding me? There's two people involved. Right. However you want to say it, 50, 50, 100, 100, you're both putting in a percentage of the relationship. Right. It's not all about me. Well, what if... That would drive me insane. Well, you know... Because I'm the guy that makes it all about... See, that's where my problems lie over the last however many decades of my life. <laughs> I'm a people pleaser, and I forget about myself. And the problem arises where I'm pleasing, 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 and then they're comfortable with that, and I'm not getting back the return, then I start resenting things, and Bitterness. then I turn into the asshole. So, yeah, yeah I, I've, I've, I will stand up as a man and say I was all about that. As wrong as it was, that's what I thought you were supposed to do. Right. You know? Right. right. See, so, and I, every time when I read this, I uh, I always I always find it funny because I think of the TV shows, the situation where the girls like, hey, you know, my friends are having a dinner party, you know, let's go hang out, and then you know the next weekend he's like, hey, you know, the boys are getting together, watch a football game, let's go and hang out, and she's like, no, nah, I'm just not interested in football, I'd rather not. 
You know, it's like, wait, yeah. hold on. You know, we got a problem here. Yes. You know, so, it, you know, and that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that's, but it is. I know relationships where he likes to play golf and she doesn't. Okay. You know, if he's hardcore, you know, a very driven person, or uh, let me let me back up. He or she. Right. My mother loves to play golf. Right. She met a great guy. He couldn't golf. He was physically, and she's in her 80s. Okay, so this wasn't. 40 right. years ago, this was like 20. Right. You know, he's already in his 60s, late 60s, whatever. He can't golf. He's got diabetes, a little heavy. He likes to play the stock market all day. My mother's like, no, I'm not going to marry you. I live a very active life, and you don't. Right. You know, and that's very understandable. My mother's like, I want somebody that has an active life. I want somebody to play golf with me. I want, you know, and sometimes it's hard to find that, but there are relationships where, He's out playing golf every weekend, or he's out, you know, right, racing cars or whatever his hobby is. Well, and you know, and, and she I doesn't think, want to be a part of it, right? But I think in the situation that you're talking about, if if he would have just played golf with her one or two days a week, even not all four, it still might have been, you know what I mean? Because then he's actually making an effort, you know, right. And I think, you know, not that that would have been the end-all solution. We don't know what that would have. But you know what I mean. Looking at a Depending relationship. Yourself, yeah. yeah, yeah. But looking at a relationship, you know. So for me, I'm not a, a hugely active person. But there are things that I like to do and I enjoy, but I don't enjoy solo. Right. And so, you know, it, those are the types of things until you get with someone you really don't know what they're willing to do. Now, if you've been dating them, you know, three, four months, and you find out, yeah, they just don't want to do anything, you know what? That's fine. It's time to walk away. It's just not a match. It's okay. Right. You know, right. and I got no problem with that. I just got a problem with these people who jump into a marriage, and then a year into the marriage, they're like, yeah, we should have never gotten married. Yeah. Right. You know, maybe you should. Or I'm like, going to take you for all you're worth. Right, exactly. Did I say that out loud? Yeah. That was a slip of the lip. Cut that out of the. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but so now, it, am I next on that one? Because, yeah, this is a follow up. Okay, go ahead. This, this is actually kind of a follow up to what you just said. This one is you expect that your life takes precedent. Ooh, that's different, but it, it's a fall. It's very similar. Yes. You see that, but it, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, because I can't, I can't imagine with my em empathic or empathetic or however you want to say it, stature of who I am, I would never want my, it's hard for me to make a lot of decisions. I, you know, right. Like I said, for years. I'm sure I drove my wife absolutely insane because I go, where do you want to eat? Well, what do you want to eat? I don't, I don't care. Whatever you want. You know, we do that every time. Right. And she would get frustrated and pick something. And that's not fair to her. Right. That was my bad. I should have said, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast, just about that kind of particular scenario. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know. Dude, say that one again. I want to, that one was a good one. Say, say that one. Read it again. You ex. You expect that your life takes precedent. 
See, that's not everything so I do. That's their your life. Your life's not important. You got to take care of me first. Right. Yeah. You got to sacrifice for me. And, you know, no matter what you do. So, you know, no, it, whatever, if we get two steaks, I get the best steak. You know, if there's yeah, only one Coke exactly. left, I get the uh, last Coke. You know. Oh, here. I got one. I, I'll do one up on you. Okay. I used to date somebody back when I was skiing at SeaWorld. She had to have, and I smoked back then. She had to have the last puff of my cigarette, the last sip of my drink, the last bite of my food, and would take it. What the hell? She had to have the she, and she was she was one of those. Her okay. life took precedent. Right. Oof. Yeah, dude. No. She had to have the last word. You know, yeah. everything. She had to finish it up <laughs> so that she had total control. Okay. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's narcissistic on a new level. Anyway, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so a, true. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, see, but that's. All right, where are we? I mean, to expect that somebody just, you know. But, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that's where this happy wife, happy life comment comes from. And you know how much I hate right. that. You know, right. it's like, you know, you must treat me as a queen, but you're just a commoner beneath me. So, you know, you're lucky to have me. Yes. That's. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna go out and say it that is about as fucked up as it can be because it you know but how do you find that happy medium in life where she treats you like a king and you treat her like a queen how does that work do you get to be a king for a day and she gets to be a queen for a day because it's very awkward to juggle being able to do that i don't think so you know if a woman wants to feel like a queen how do you continuously do that and Give her time to make you feel like a king. Where is that that come togetherness? Okay, you know what I mean, well, but it isn't king and queen. All they are is just a male and a female in a fifty-fifty relationship or a hundred-hundred relationship, depending on how you want to word it. But that's all it is. I mean, because if you think about it, I mean, okay, think about the England. You know, before I was just thinking about that. I'm queen like, Elizabeth, before she became queen, she had a king, and so she was. You know, but that doesn't mean it. It didn't. You know, whatever. It didn't reduce her stature. It didn't reduce her value. It's just that she was a pair. You know, and, right. and then so that that's how I but look at it. When we're talking about this in relationship, when we're talking about this in a relationship, the king and queen of England, I'd be willing to bet you he doesn't treat her like a queen. I bet you they don't even talk to each other. You know what I mean? Uh, you never she doesn't know. Treat him like a king. I'm sure he's always off doing something. And do they even sleep in the same room? You never know. You know what I mean? Uh, well, we don't know. I don't know. We don't. Maybe some kings and queens did, but if you ever watch the Tudors, yeah, yeah, it don't last very long. Right. She has her own room, her own life, and he might come in and bed her every now and then. Right. 
So I don't want a relationship like that. I know, I know. You want you want a relationship where you work together. And so yes. maybe maybe that's what we need to start doing is stop saying treating me like a king and a queen and a princess and just start it start treating me like your partner. Start treating me with respect. Integrity. And everything will fall into place. Yeah, there you go. Set my, set your boundaries, I'll set mine, and we work together. There you go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> this is a funny one. Because I love this one because you're gonna this is gonna trigger you again. <laughs> uh, expecting the guy to be a hundred percent confident on the first date. See, yeah, we kind of talked about that. I I try to pull off the masculine confidence. And then if I'm with a confident woman, I'll I will immediately she will I will let her take control of it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I'll start off as confident and then if she's confident in herself, I'll end up losing my confidence. Right. And end up, you know, backing off. Right. But if she's not, you know, they say you let the woman talk 80% of the time on a first date, you know, the three, the three minute, the 3% men. Right. Yeah. That never happens in mine. Really? That never happens in any of my first dates. Oh no. How much do they talk? She, probably more like 30 or 40%. I usually end up doing most of the talking. Really? Yes. If they're shy. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. But okay. as I as I got older and went on more first dates, I wasn't afraid of that awkward silence. I would just sit back. Right. And let her start feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Right. And it made a world of difference because that's where they'll start talking more. Yes. You know, especially when you're eating dinner, you have to, you know, take a bite, say something, talk a little bit, take another, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And then after a while, I was like, well, I'm going to start eating. If she says something, I'll follow it up. Because that's what you're supposed to do in the 3% man thing. Right. I think it's kind of, you're there to get to know one another. You got to, you know, let a little bit out on the table. Right. You don't just keep asking her all about herself. And you, when she asks you a question, you give her a yes or no answer. That's, I don't think that's very fair at all. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I can usually tell. Probably within the first 15 minutes, whether it's going to be a match or not. Have you ever got up and walked out after 15 minutes? No, I'm, I'm generally respectful. I'll, I'll stay to the end of the, end of the whatever. So, but- I went and met a lady in front of a restaurant. And when we walked, she was walking pretty fast because she was hungry and wanted a drink. Right. When we got to the door, she barely cracked the door open, walked through it, and let it go. I should have turned around and walked out. You should I have. I should have never even walked in the door. Right. That's the fastest I ever realized, oh, no, this ain't going to work. Right. See, and <laughs> I guess that's part of my old school respectful, you know, mom taught me to, you know, I don't want to be rude. But. That's me. I don't want to be rude. Right. But I'll be, you know? I'll be honest with you. I, you can kind of tell, you know, if a. A woman is not making an effort? Yeah. I mean, because if she's not going to make an effort to either, one, tell you about herself, or two, ask questions about you, if it's all, and I think this is a big telltale sign. We've talked about this before. If all she does 
is talk about an ex on the first date. Get out of there fast. Check, please. We just barely had the appetizer. Check, please. (laughs) Split that check. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. I'll pay for the appetizer if I just get out of here now. You know, right? I'm just saying. So, no, it's pretty funny. But I mean, but it's the truth if you really think about it. And and I know they expect a guy. Most men these days are extremely nervous on first dates because it's that whole, right. especially if they think she's extremely attractive. Yes. If if you honestly go in on a date and you think she's out of your league, if you have that mentality, right, you're gonna bomb the date. Right. You're gonna bomb it. So I'm just going to make this comment for all you men out there. No one's out of your league. That's right. We've had those, we've had those podcasts. Yes. Cause she obviously saw something in you. And so there's some reason why she went out with you. To meet you you for a date. Yeah, exactly. Remember what one girl may think you're a four. Another girl may think you're a nine. So, don't always, right. you know, yeah, just just remember, there's a reason. Something you said, something you did, whatever, you know, just, just, she's We're there. obviously not going to make it through the rest of these numbers. Oh, is it already <laughs> that time again? Oh, okay. Oh, hey, it's, it's yeah, we're all, we're coming up on an hour. Uh, drive, exactly. drive these people crazy. Like, I they're going to get tired of hearing our voice. Or we're triggering them, and they're like, I don't know if I can take any more of this. So... Right. I'm going to send that son of a bitch an email. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) We're waiting. I dare you. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. Exactly. I love it when when we get the emails. I love it. Yeah. Send us an email, folks. We'll we'll do a show about it. And we'll leave your name out. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Send us a bad idea for a show. (laughs) For you ladies out there, if you want a, a man's opinion, our opinion... Send us an email of what you'd think would be a good idea. Yeah. A a boomer and Gen Xer opinion. Yeah, that'll really go over well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just say it. Anyway. I'm supposed to be old school, but I'm fairly progressive for a baby boomer. Yeah, I would say. I would say I'm fairly progressive for a baby boomer. Yeah. I should be dead set in my ways, old fart. You do it my way and shut the hell up, you know. That's old school stuff. Even my dad, who's 80, he he's he's a very progressive baby boomer and he was born in the late 40s, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. He turned 80 next month. Oh, July. Early 40s? Something like that. Okay. Yeah. I think my mother was born in 42 and she's gonna turn 81. 41, 42, something like that. Yeah, my dad was born in... I'm not counting the numbers because it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay, dude. Uh, 43. 43. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any final words? I love you, brother. That's what I always say. I know. (laughs) I love you too, man. We love you, fans. Um, You know, nothing else to say, but uh, keep following and keep listening. 